Hey, listener, thank you so much for tuning in to this replay of U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live. This is the second half of the show with a new guest awaiting. If you haven't done so already, be sure to listen to the first half, too. And give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning for updates on future shows and news about USA Rugby. Also, please like, subscribe, and follow, and leave us a five-star review. That helps get these shows in front of more and more listeners. Now, on to our next guest. All right, great first half an hour with our, our first half guest from the Dallas Jackal, Sam Gola. Excellent talk from the rookie, uh, potential Rookie of the Year nominee here. I know it's only halfway through the season, but um, he's definitely listed in that category. And I, I think, Fitzy, I think you made a ran some bets maybe through Vegas. That might happen. I don't know if you did that. Shh, don't, don't tell anybody. <laughs> Is that loud? <laughs> but with that said, I think we got to get right next to the next our next guest. Joining us now, now from the, the left coast of the United States, is San Diego Legion, Eagle number 491, Nate. Augsburger. Nate, how are you? Yeah, doing good, Bill. Doing good, man. Uh, beautiful, beautiful day over here in Southern California, so can't complain. Yeah, it, you get a few of those over there, don't yeah. you? Yeah. We had Will Hooley on the show a while back, and he just said, uh, when he was deciding to come to MLR, he looked at his, his wife or girlfriend at the time and said, where should I play? He says, where is there a beach and sun? Yeah. <laughs> and no one takes more. And there was no Miami yet. Than, than Will, I must say. No one's more touristy <laughs> in San Diego than uh, Will and Molly, but... Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I've been seeing their posts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just needs to pick up um, surfing or something. Yeah. So, Nate, let's get right into it. Dude, you're having quite the year so far. Um, I'm going to list off some stats here. Um, second in the league with meters gained behind Seawolves, Duncan Matthews. 44 points scored. Tenth in the league, okay? But I, I think, you know, Will's ahead of you with 51. But I think Will and the others in that top list probably get most of their points in the T. So they don't count. <laughs> Eight tries, dude. First in the league tie with Balakana and Reichert of Seattle. And you're a young 33 years old. What's your secret? I don't know. I guess, uh, you know, the, the cliche is hard work pays off, but I, I'm just one of those guys, you know, the last couple of years I've had a, had a few injuries that set me back in the MLR. And, uh, yeah, I mean, every time I, I was sidelined or any time I have a setback or just whenever I, I try and stay process focused. So, um, you know, to me, I'm just, I'm just doing what I normally do. I'm, I'm trying to be the best player I can be. And, uh, we, we've got a great thing going on in San Diego. We've been playing some awesome rugby. So uh, that, that also helps um, with the way that the teams are performing and some of the guys that I get to chuck the ball around with uh, definitely makes a difference as well. It is, as Bill mentioned at the top, you're on the short list for, for player of the year. It's, it's only halfway through the season, but is this something that even crosses your mind or are you just too dialed into the now at the moment? I mean, you definitely hear it. You, I, you know, I've heard that, that, that I'm on that list and, you know, I'm humbled by it. But, yeah, I think it's more of a uh, – there's a lot of season left. There's a lot of games to be played. Um, I'd be a fool to get too tied up in into some of that stuff, into the stats, into where we stand. And, um, yeah, just got to be way more interested in how I can make my team better and how I can make sure that uh, – 
the Legion are, are performing and, and keeping our standards and staying and playing the way that we want to play. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for, for MLR fans is noticing the, the position switch, right? Of course, you played a, on the wing for the men's Eagles before, but is it fair to say maybe rejuvenated almost in a way, switching from scrum half to, to wing, or has it been an easy switch to, to make that transition? I mean, I've always... You know, they're two totally different positions and they kind of have their own uh, different focus points, like in the way that you're you're perceived on the field with how you're playing them. But I think the, the funny part for me was um, we were scrimmaging down in Chula Vista before the season and we were playing up against Utah and I had started the first 20 minutes at scrum half. Um, Utah was was up for the battle. It was probably a stop and start sticky, like first 20 minutes, you know, as you would expect for a, for a first hit out. Um, but we played four 20 minute periods and I went in at the third period and I had to go in at wing. And I think I had two try assists and two line breaks during that scrimmage. And so it was just, and <laughs> two of them were off ma. So Ma just like put me in the <laughs> um, And yeah, just kind of from that moment, I think uh, it opened our head coaches, Danny's eyes to it. You know, I, I, he'd be honest and first say that he's always looked at me as a, as a scrum half and probably even wondered why I wasn't playing more scrum half with the Eagles. But um, hmm. since things have gone the way that they have, he's just, you know, totally kind of, as he would say, ate his words and um, he's just been enjoying having me out there on the wing and uh, contributing from, from the edge. So, uh, Listeners, just real quick, I, I meant to say earlier, um, if you're not doing so already, please follow Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning on Twitter and Instagram for updates on these shows and you find out who our next guest is and all that, and also news on MLR, USA Rugby College, Rugby, etc. Do that. Also, uh, we'd love to have you come up here and ask questions. You can do that by requesting on the bottom left of the app. If you're listening on YouTube Live or Facebook Live, go ahead and, and drop your your drop your question to the chats here or whatever the kids say these days. And we'll get your question up here as soon as possible. And I know Nate would love to ask the questions. Uh, we do have Nate Oxberger from San Diego Legion and USA Rugby. Um, I, I'm going to call you a legend already. Just That's just what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Uh, and with that said, let's get uh, John Trevor. How you doing, John? Hey, I'm doing well, Bill. How are you? Good. Nate, just wanted to uh, ask you one thing. Um, been a fan of yours for a minute now, and uh, you've been killing it with San Diego and the Eagles. Uh, but I'm also a big Damian McKenzie fan, so <laughs> it kind of broke my heart a little bit when you stepped and did him dirty like that uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you played the All Black. So, uh, yeah, did uh, nice. D-Mac say anything to you after the game or anything? That was just – but, yeah, anyway – Best of luck with the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I think uh, didn't actually have too many interactions or, or anything too crazy with the ABs after, like, you know, looked him in the eye, shook his hand. It, it, it was all play on. And I think even he, he mentioned in a press conference that, you know, he had got he had got done on that play. Um so those those guys are always usually they're usually pretty humble humble dudes and uh, yeah it was honestly a fun moment and actually uh, Damian McKenzie was playing for the Maori All Blacks back in the fall of 2016 when the USA Eagle when we played them and I was starting at nine and uh, I already 
I it wasn't a fifty twenty two back then, but damn it, it should have been because I put one uh, down from fifty twenty two into the corner, uh, right in front of him, kind of wheeled one over uh, from the base at nine. So I always had like a little feather in my cap from from that moment, you know, playing against those guys. But great guys, hum- humble guys, really really uh, cool dudes after a game, obviously, especially when they they performed the way they did. You know, they got no reason to be uh, sour apples. That was a great question. And Nate, I got to piggyback off that. And we've asked you this question before when you've, we've come on the show, but I'm pretty sure, pretty certain we've asked you this question, but we have to ask it again. Just how did it feel to score that first USA try against New Zealand? Kind of walk us through just maybe how the play unfolded and then your just emotions after it. Well, yeah, I mean, outside of looking up and seeing big Nate Brakely right in front of my face and, uh, <laughs> And also, also, you know, you take in so much information. I think by the time that I was free in an open space, I was probably in my, well, you know, my flow state. That was probably my natural habitat there. So I think everything, everything after that kind of came naturally once I got into that that position. And uh, yeah, going into that game, you know, I had a little bit of a, a calf tweak and. Things weren't necessarily a, a easy week for us uh, in the Eagles, and, and individually it was even tougher because I had to sit out of a couple trainings, and I just knew knew I wanted to make the most out of the opportunity. So um, I spent a lot of time during that week uh, just just praying, uh, just trying to be grateful for you know my teammates, the position we're in, and. Uh, that day I just wanted to glorify God and leave it all out in the field and I was really fortunate so by the time that I ended up scoring that try I, I was on my knees and I just wanted to make sure that you know anyone who knew knew who I was or if there are any believers in the building that that they knew that you know God had kind of guided me right into this opportunity and it's something you know being an American kid growing up we we literally you know before MLR, we're training with our club teams and we're thinking about what it's going to take to go up against a team like Ireland or the All Blacks or those tier one nations. You kind of, you have to, you have to put yourself in that place where you're willing to go a bit further because you know the opposition is actually going to be a lot higher. So um, to, to get out against the ABs and, and score a try was great. Um, and it, it was a, a great moment for my career. Okay, let's go on to our next listener. Let's get Corey up here from I love his uh, his handle beer beer beer. Let's go. What's up, Corey? Hi, how's it going? Good. Hey Nate. Um I was a fan of your old uh podcast that you had. It was uh nice to have the player's perspective. Just wondering if you have any plans to bring that back or any collaborations with the other podcaster in San Diego Corbs. Oh man, I appreciate I appreciate you saying that first off. Yeah, the quick tap quick tap rugby podcast. I really enjoyed doing it as well and um I think, you know, something like, like that, like speaking or, you know, commentating or, or something could be could be life after rugby or at least a way to keep around the game when I'm done. So I do look forward to seeing what kind of opportunities come up. Um, I don't have any plans in the near future. The, the last thing that I did was do the Scrum Diego podcast with Corbs, which, you know, he's he's just on another level. He just smashes everything that he touches. So um but uh yeah i love to do do some of that stuff and i love to be be out there promoting the game and you know just try and try and be myself out there and, and talk about rugby 
as an American kid, you know, American guy. Man, Corey, do you go into McDonald's and tell them how good Burger King burgers are? <laughs> Sorry, that's an argue. <laughs> that was a real good podcast. I I, I agree with him. That'd be uh, be awesome to hear that again. But uh, uh, with that said, let's go to uh, let's go to Steven, Man, how are you? Hey guys, how are you? Nate Dog, big good. fan. What's up, my boy? Uh, I, yeah, I just I popped in, so I might be late. Um, I just my question for you is uh, how have you seen the MLR? Uh, I guess grow and develop since the beginning. I mean, obviously you were a part of the pro rugby before the MLR. And um, so you've been in the 15th domestic scene for a long time now. Just be curious from an outsider looking in to, to understand just how, how it's grown and, and the biggest parts in that, I guess that you've seen through the years. If I could highlight a few of the parts, one, I think, I think the fitness and in, in all around commitment uh, for each franchise is a lot better. You know, like the first first couple of years, it's like the league's establishing themselves and uh, you get all different kinds of characters, um, not only from America, but around the world that were in this competition and testing it out and seeing what it's about. And I think over the last two or three years, some of the rugby that's been played is, has been an obvious level up. And it's just attracted more and more people who... Uh, want to be a part of it you know one of my favorite things steve that that tends to happen is uh you maybe get guys from overseas who uh, you know have played a lot of, have a lot of rugby experience in other places and it's always it's always humbling when you get some of those guys to come over and they see how committed uh some of the american players can be knowing that we're not necessarily getting paid the same financial uh we don't have the same type of contracts that they may have in the top leagues and and whatnot overseas and so it's always it's always uh, it's always nice to be seeing guys just really grateful for the opportunity to come over here and they really give it their best effort and so i think i think the league as a whole has gotten more and more guys like that to come around. And you can just tell because it shows on the field. And like I said, fitness and how hard guys are willing to work for one another in their, in their teams. And then the level of play just, just goes up, you know, and uh, you know, many blessings to all the guys that were there in year one. Um, but this league's outgrown some of those guys. And uh, so it's a real tip of the cap to guys who have been able to stick around um, and continue to play in this league while it's just gotten better and better and has more has more foreign influence uh better quality players uh coming in sweet thanks bro best winger in the league ladies and gents yeah thanks stevie yep. good luck good luck in the upcoming tournaments bro well nate since it's, if we still have steven on nate give us the quick and i'm sure steven is loving the seventh circuit but please give steven the the elevator pitch on why he should join mlr after he's done playing sevens <laughs> uh, Steve, you have to join MLR after you play sevens because you, you'd, you'd fit right in, my, my brother. You would just be right in there. You know, Steve was actually – me and Steve were both uh, dabbling in 2016 um, under John Mitchell with the USA 15s. Um, mm. Me and Steve were both actually going out for scrum half. So, Steve, to those who <laughs> might not know, he's actually a pretty good little scrum half. He's got all the skill in the world and – I have no doubt you could come in and, and do what I'm doing, carve up at nine or wing or where, wherever you put your mind to. So 
he he should definitely be doing it because it's always it's always good for the league to have uh, you know we have guys like Danny and Danny Barrett, and Matai, and a lot of the sevens boys that have come and crossed over, and I, I think it's just great for the league. You know, plus those guys have been training and playing in a high enough environment where you know they can they can make the crossover and they can they can contribute to this league uh, even though the the skill level and everything continues to go up. So I, I have zero doubt, Stevie be all over it man much appreciated bro uh yeah learned a lot from nate dog back in 2016 just a professionalism of how to handle a position and um you know lead a group which is what nines do and uh you know nate dog whether he's on the wing or or at nine he's he's leading from the front and uh inspiring the boys around him so you know how only high praises for nate we go back a long ways uh loved every minute of getting to play with you and uh learn from you while i was younger so you know this is the man right here and uh in terms of me playing mlr some someday someday my friend will reunite on the field. i look forward to it yes man. i look forward to it it's a two-way street brother appreciate what you're doing man keep killing it thanks steve good luck on the next uh seven stop too we're looking forward to seeing that all right nate let's let's jump back a second here we got another 10 minutes 11 minutes with you so let's jump back a second let's talk a little more san diego legion and we definitely want to talk usa rugby a little more too uh but let's let's go a little more recent let's talk about your your victory over dallas last week our first half a guest team close one you know dallas seems to be gaining ground and growing as a team uh you came off the bench for that one but let's talk about what it took to pull away in that victory and were you surprised at all at the effort that dallas gave you you know, I, I was I was surprised because I thought I thought Dallas was their fitness. It just felt like as the game went, you know, we're attacking, we're keeping ball, and they just still got bodies on feet. Uh, they're moving all around the pitch, so I, I was actually pretty impressed with the growth that they've had over the last, you know, however many or so weeks. Um, they probably probably could have a few more wins than than what they have, you know, but that's franchise stuff that's team stuff you 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 figure that out eventually um especially if you're playing the way that those guys are playing so i think uh i think more so than anything maybe maybe dallas lost it there at the end even though we were up by two points before our last kickoff uh we gotten two yellow cards down that that last 20 minute Mm -hmm. stretch and almost kind of a similar tune to uh when we played houston away uh round three we got two yellow cards and we ended up losing a match. So, you know, we we're pretty fortunate to come away with a victory anyways on the road at Dallas, but they're, they, they're definitely playing a level up from what they were early on in the season. And you could tell, uh, you could tell they're fit, man, they're fit. They're running around, they're getting around <laughs> the field. So, you know, that's a huge strength for, for any team. If you can play, play quick, play fast. Yeah, Nate, it's good to see that Dallas is, is definitely more competitive. But, look, the Legion, you guys are 8-1, high-scoring team in MLR right now. A lot of people pick the Legion to have to go pretty far this year. And not to toot my own horn, but back in January, I predicted a San Diego Legion versus New England Rejects final. At the time, <laughs> at the time, I picked New England to win it. So, please, explain to me right now how wrong I will be <laughs> And explain to me why San Diego will win the MLR Shield. Hey, I'm not a, I'm not, you know, I can't read the future, John. I can't read the future, but um, no, I think if we were to play New England again, they're definitely going to be a different animal from when we played them uh, week two. You know, got a lot of respect for the some of the players that 
at New England. Um, it looks like they're building their squad even more so, right? A couple guys finishing up other seasons and mm-hmm. going to be returning with that team. So, you know, they're they're obviously the beast of the East. Uh, they're a really strong team. And, uh, yeah, couldn't, couldn't ask for a better opposition if you're going to be in a final, if you're going to be in a playoff with with another team i mean you you want to go up against the best and that's got to be the mindset for us and if it if it happens to be new england then uh we know we know it's real when we come out you, you know if we come out victorious we know that it's real that that we deserve to have it so but nothing but respect for new england they're they're turning it on and really starting to show uh, similar signs of who they were last year playing mm-hmm. good rugby so the MLR final this year is going to be played uh, in Chicago, the first time in a, in a neutral venue outside of last year, uh, which was a little bit different. But um, in years past, it would have been played at what the, the highest seed. So San Diego were to go all the way, it would be played at Snapdragon Stadium, brand new stadium there, San Diego State. I mean, it looks great on TV and that record crowd that you guys had at your home opener set an MLR record. All that aside, it's got to feel better on the body not to be tackled atop a cement parking garage <laughs> yeah. with a thin layer of fake grass like last year, right? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I always say, like, um, you know, a lot of people ask questions about oh, Snapdragon and what it's like. And I'm just like, you know, everybody in San Diego who supported the Legion, fans, everybody in the community, but also the players, like, we, we deserve Snapdragon, you know, we, we really do. We deserve a place um, that is awesome, you know, especially coming from Torero, which was also just a, a great place to play, a place where uh, away teams show up and they go, I want to play my best game. And, um, you know, Snapdragon is that for us. And, and it's just... Yeah, man, it's it's awesome. It's definitely a difference maker. I wish the final could be there. Um, as a Midwest boy, you know, if the final's in Chicago, I'm not going to bat an eye on it, you know, because I'll be able to get some uh, get some people some people to that game that maybe wouldn't make it to the San Diego game uh, in full force. But um, Snapdragon is really as as special as it probably looks on, on the telly. Nate, let's jump forward to Eagle Step now. Okay, we got another five minutes with you, so let's. Which is, uh, we're gonna we're gonna run through this. <laughs> uh, Scott Lawrence, new interim head coach, seems to be a change in focus with him now. Uh, have you had many discussions with maybe Scott or anyone else in the staff? And also, I don't know, can we expect to see you maybe in the autumn? Uh, I'd love to. I mean, I'll continue to put my hand up uh, for the Eagles. Um, as long as I'm competing, and if I'm good enough to be there, then I want then I want to be there. Um, so around selections and stuff, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep trying to, you know, make, make someone take my spot and, and, uh, Mm -hmm. otherwise continue to just be involved. But, um, Scott, I've I've been, I've been in touch with Scott. Uh, I'll just tell you, you know, Scott is a, a different, different individual and, uh, the way that he's locked in and set in on, on this team. I mean, the guy has done every different type of contribution to American rugby from playing uh, to coaching and now obviously getting to be in the head seat for USA. Like I'm super pumped for him because I know that this Mm. means everything to him. And usually when you get a guy that's, that's that serious about it and that, that desperate to, to make an impact, 
you, you're going to get someone who's committed that can do something pretty special. So I, I back Scott for all those reasons, man. I, I look forward to what he's uh, what he's cooking up for the Eagles. And I think it's definitely one of those where we're going to have to turn a page here from some tough scars, some tough wounds. And that's going to take a special person to get us to a place where we can heal right. from all that and play our best rugby. And uh, yeah, like I said, if if Scott's if this has been his dream job for 25 years and he's finally getting the opportunity, I'm freaking excited uh, to join him. You know, you you, you talk about <laughs> the longevity in the sport, and we, we've seen some players who have played deeper into their 30s, right? Even some guys in their 40s, right? Your teammate Manan, who was 40, Johnny Sexton's what 37, 38, playing at a, a World Cup in, in in a few months here. What what changes do you have to make? in order to kind of keep playing deep into your 30s. You're only 33 years old. So when Rugby World Cup 27 comes around, you're 37. I mean, there's a chance you could still be playing. What, what changes do you have to make in order to keep playing at such a high level? I think I, my favorite part about rugby is that it, it is one of those sports that although it's physically uh, physically demanding, it's a very mental game and it takes a lot of, a lot of skill skills that you may not even master in, in your career, let alone a lifetime. Um, so it's kind of one of those, you get, you get better with age and you start to read the game uh, clearer and clearer and you're able to still hang with all these, all these dudes who are just like in their prime or whatever, but you're able to make the right decisions and it, and it keeps you on the field, you know, it keeps your, your value. But as, as far as what you proactively have to do, like, you know, Ma's the first guy in the gym every morning. He's going to be there either stretching, lifting weights, uh, doing extra fitness. He's, he's doing something. And, like, me and him always talk about, and, and I know I'll be this kind of guy for the rest of my life, is, like, I got to move. Like, I, I don't take two days off where I don't move and get out and do something because it's actually counterproductive for my body. Like just little, little things settle in. It becomes, you know, sometimes it can become harder to get back up after those couple days of rest. So by all means you need rest and you need to do it at the right times. But like we're, we're in the middle of the season we're locked in and, you know, I'm, I'm spending time moving my body and making sure that I'm, I'm putting those deposits in all the time because I want to feel like I can go out there and do it every single day. So it's, it's a, you know, and obviously I could break it down to nutrition, hydration, all that stuff, but we know all that stuff mm-hmm. matters. But to me, it's, it's keeping your body moving and keeping yourself, uh, you know, lubricated and ready to rumble that, you know, that's it. Essentially. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Nate, I'm going to wrap it up here. I want to ask you a question about one of your San Diego and USA teammates, uh, Ryan Mattias. Uh, he's joined us a couple of times, and I think sometimes he's even, you know, while in a drive-thru at an In-N-Out burger ordering a, you know, a burger animal style or something. <laughs> Are you ever tired of his extreme love for the game? Oh, man. <laughs> there's, no, there's no bigger heart for, for rugby, yeah. for American rugby, than Ryan Mattias. And I'll just say funny thing on the In-N-Out comment is that he'd never eat there. He's like a total nutrition, like – He's got boxes that he ticks in his diet that like in and out is just like a trip a trip to the wrong wrong place, if you know what I mean. If he puts that stuff in him, it's just like he's <laughs> oh, so God. he is so against <laughs> it, man. But um as far as having a passion and like a genuine love, like 
you know, we talk about it in, in team environments all the time. Like it's, it's really special when you've got guys that can play the same position and like help the other guys out or like go out of their way for their teammates. And like Ryan is genuinely that dude just to everybody in the rugby community period. You know, he's just going to go out of his way for people. He's going to, you know, give you his mm-hmm. words. He's going to listen to you. He's going to try and help you young guys, especially. Um, he has such a powerful impact on. So, you know, Ryan Mattias is, is really one in a million and <laughs> I'm just super lucky that I still get to play rugby with him every day. And yeah, just get smashed by his, his extreme love for the game. Totally <laughs> <laughs> Good way to put it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nate, I've got one more question for you here. This is a little off the wall here. I'm going to read a list of names. I need you to tell me what they all have in common. Okay. Okay. Jesse, the body <laughs> Ventura. Okay. Prince, the author F. Scott Fitzgerald, the actor Josh Harnett, and Nate Osberger. Minnesota natives. There you go. I used to go. That was easy. Bike by uh, Josh Harnett's very nice mansion uh, around a around a lake, a, a local uh, South Minneapolis lake. So, and then Prince, obviously, you know everybody knows Prince. So, you yeah. know, we got pride. We got pride in our Minnesota natives. So, you got me there. You would have. You would have got me wrong. Whoever Arthur is, uh, yo, sorry, bro, I didn't know about you, but everybody else, I was. <laughs> Everybody else, I was in. Governor Ventura. Governor Ventura. Uh, man. Uh, Nate, man, um, been a blast talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, we let's do it again sometime. Good luck the rest of the season with San Diego, and we do really hope to see you in a USA uniform again. Right on, right on. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. And you know, if Peter's listening, hey, uh, thinking of Ruben. Can't wait to see him out there with the Cheetahs and. Uh, yeah, man. All the best to him. Absolutely. All right, buddy. We'll talk again soon. All right. See you guys. Bye-bye. And thank you all for listening in tonight. Uh, great show with Sam Gallo from Dallas Jackals. And we just finished up with San Diego Legion and USA Eagle Nate Oxberger. Lots of great input from these two. And um, it's just been a great show. Hope you enjoyed it. Tune into the podcast if you missed it. and missed the first half. It'll be out possibly the next day or two. For John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning, I am Bill Baker of Eagles Overseas. Have a great night. Thank you.